Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a March 9th Thursday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I am your host for tonight, Eric Garcia-Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com, former Blazer beat writer for Vancouver Columbian. I also write sometimes for the Associated Press. Welcome back to Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, with a wide variety of podcasts. NFL free agency just kicked off. We have podcasts for every NFL team. We also have pretty much the entire NBA covered, I believe, uh, as well as fantasy NBA, fantasy football got draft, uh, everything. So uh, we have a wide variety of stuff on the Locked On Podcast Network, but I know that you are here for one reason, uh, and that is to cure your Nurkic fever. I'm, I'm, I'm getting on board. I called it Nurk Sanity. S- some people call it Nurkalepsy. Nurkic fever has taken the town of Portland by storm and Rip City in general. The Blazers win in, you know, not the prettiest game tonight. It was not uh, that great of a game in terms of the shooting for both teams. Portland really shot poorly from the three tonight. Credit to Philadelphia for really putting pressure on the perimeter. But uh, it wasn't necessarily a great game tonight. You know, the Sixers aren't very good, but there were some great performances in this one. Of course, we lead with Yusuf Nurkic, who was the leading scorer tonight for the Blazers in a 114-108 overtime win over the Sixers. Nurkic with 28 points, 20 rebounds, 8 assists, 6 blocks, 2 steals. He had 3 turnovers. But who cares? Uh, I mean, he had a, a great game tonight. This was a close game. It wasn't a great, uh, you know, Portland didn't play their best in this one. The Sixers had some great offensive performances. Dario Saric had 28 points to lead them, had some clutch buckets down the stretch. Robert Covington forced overtime with a offensive rebound. Covington has killed the Blazers in the past with, with buzzer beaters. Jaleel Okafor, who hasn't played in a while, had a really good game, but uh, the backcourt for the Sixers was really bad, and obviously it does not stand up to Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, even though Lillard had uh, one of his probably his worst game since the All-Star break. He had been playing very well since the break after getting uh, a week off and, and all that stuff, and he, he had been shooting the ball really efficiently. You you know you should give some we should give some credit to the 76ers for 
scheming well. They put a lot of long bodies on him uh, and, and really tried to scheme him out of the game. He was 6 of 21. He still got shots. He just didn't make uh, enough of them tonight. And, and and Portland didn't shoot very well from three as a, as a team, uh, making it hard for him to get a lot of assists, which you know is how Dame gets a lot of his assists is when he drives and kicks to open shooters. Dame, uh, CJ McCollum, excuse me, was very efficient tonight. Uh, eight of 16 from the field. He had a really good game. And Alan Crabb uh, continuing to be aggressive, following up a really good performance against Oklahoma City where he had 23 points. He had 18 tonight on 8 of 12 shooting. Four rebounds as well. But the, the night belongs to, to Yusuf Nurkic once again. I mean, it, he has been just so monstrous and so good and I know that Jaleel Okafor is not what you think of a, of a defensive big man or a guy that is you know really all that good right now thus far in his NBA career but he played well tonight I thought it wasn't like he uh, was just letting Nurkic score I thought Nurkic really did have to work for a lot of uh, his points I just think he he did work and then uh, another part of it was that the Sixers tried to go small a lot to try and get the ball out of his hands. They would double team him, try and swarm so that he wouldn't be able to get that Nurkic wouldn't be able to get post position and, and get really deep, which he did a lot. Uh, and he was nine of 18 from the field. So very efficient. So they tried uh, to do a lot of things to slow Nurkic down tonight, but he was, he did everything. He was protecting the rim. He was running the floor. He was, making great passes not only was he making great passes he was making the right reads he was reading plays well it looks like he's learning the playbook I mean one of the first plays of the game they they, they drop a play to get uh CJ McCollum open uh, across the lane and McCollum tries to come open and, and, and Nurkic doesn't feel comfortable throwing the pass to him and instead of throwing it to him he waits for Harkless to make a cut after the initial action and finds Harkless for a dunk and and that type of stuff is growth and that is him still getting to learn the playbook I mean this this game happened this first time any blazer has ever had a line like this happened with him knowing maybe 70 percent of the playbook right now uh Mike Richmond from the Oregonian had a really great piece uh, that you should check out about how the Blazers are trying to get him up to speed on his playbook, but they have really tried to have, they've really had to simplify things, and sometimes it gets frustrating for the guys out there like Dame or CJ uh, to call a play that he doesn't know. So they've had to really simplify things, but it seems like you know whatever they're doing is working. Nurkic a lot of times just sets a lot of ball screens up high. He'll switch the screen because he's such a good screener. If he doesn't get you once, he'll get you on the other one. And, and Dame and CJ are both learning that. And they're, he's also looking to them when he catches the ball to give it right back to them. And, and he's not being selfish with the ball either. So it's not like he's uh, hijacking the offense. And he he's just doing a lot of great things right now. Uh, and the f- six blocks he had, he had five of those in the first quarter. So... Uh, he, he made his impact early on this game and has really just provided uh, a huge lift to the Blazers on the back line. He got uh, some, some recognition from that for that from Kevin O'Connor uh, from the ringer. And 
look at looking at it, I mean, his impact is huge. Obviously, it's a, it's a very small sample size, so you don't want to extrapolate too much uh, future value uh, on onto these performances in in a such a short sample size. But you have to be happy with where this is going because Portland hasn't had a guy that is making an, a defensive impact like this um, since I can remember. I mean, Robin Lopez was uh, a really great a really a really solid rim protector he really was and uh you know but he didn't really block shots he didn't really dominate uh the paint and and control things the way that Nurkic has in his short time now will Nurkic continue this I don't know but he's only 22 years old and he's already showing signs of this uh this great play and I know that a lot of Denver fans are really angry right now because they're like what what the what what gives what why wasn't Nurkic doing this in Denver and um that is the story of the NBA this this happens so many times where guys get stuck behind uh get stuck in situations where there's a great player or or or, or something like that they get sent to a different situation and they blossom just because the change of scenery they feel they don't feel like they're fighting against something and Portland brought Nurkic in. He didn't start the first game because he didn't know any of the plays, and it was right before the All-Star break, and he was also severe, really, really out of shape. But ever since they started him, it, the Blazers are clearly committing to him, and he uh, has really responded. And And I know a lot of folks uh, may or be concerned that maybe some of the situations – uh, we had a question asked uh, the other day on Twitter uh, for the the Dane Carbot mailbag. Do you, know, do you think that he could become a problem? That any of the things that happen in Denver could happen in Portland? I don't think that that's going to happen because there's nobody in front of there's nobody like Nurkic that's going to potentially threaten you know his his stardom as as the starting center that because Myers Leonard has has actually played well. I think over these uh, last couple of games, especially since the All Star break, he hasn't, you know, he he's contributed to the team, and but he's not a threat to do to to take Nurkic's spot. He's just not. And and you know, props to Myers, by the way. Uh, heard that uh, his dog Bella uh, has lymphoma, and she had her first chemotherapy treatment. Thoughts with Bella. Thoughts with Myers. Obviously, real big bummer. Uh, for that to happen, uh, friend of the pod, Myers Leonard. So shout out to Myers uh, for doing that, uh, or for for going through that. Excuse me. Uh, so you know that's a real real bummer uh, for him. Uh, but as I mentioned, you know Nurkic's spot isn't going to get taken, you know, really by anyone by anyone. But with the way that he's playing, it's just this is historically great territory that he was in tonight, and with how he's played and how he's defended on the back line. Again, I, I mentioned small sample size, but the the impact that he's made on the defensive end has been astonishing, bo- borderline astonishing. When he's on the bench, the Blazers have a 118 defensive rating, and when he plays, the Blazers have a 102 defensive rating. So that's a difference of 16 points. It's been nine, you know, nine games, I guess, or eight games that he's played, uh, and yeah the, the eight games he's played when he's on the court the Blazers are outscoring their opponents by 10.7 points per 100 possessions which is insanely good it's by far the best number of anybody on the team that actually plays minutes so we're not counting Tim Quarterman's really good 
net rating in garbage time. Obviously, super small sample size. Another uh, thing that that I kind of find interesting is the Blazers play with a faster pace when when Nurkic is on the court, just a slightly faster pace uh, than they did uh, with Mason Plumlee, uh, which you wouldn't think they would do with Nurkic being so big, but he's also so fleet of foot that he can run the court, he can do pretty much everything, and it's... uh, yeah, it's just it's right now it's just a really good recipe for for this team and it's it's hard to uh be mad with anything right now. Uh another really good stat from the Nurkic renaissance so to speak even though he's only 22 uh came from the folks at Winners View who do some great analytics content uh, in videos and Nurkic's assist rate coming into this one had actually jumped six points from 12.3 to 18.6. So, <laughs> I mean, he's he's doing everything you would want. And the, and the Denver fans basically are saying, and, and, and folks that cover the Nuggets are basically saying, hey, <laughs> he if, if he was doing this in Denver, they wouldn't have traded him and they definitely would not have given up a first-round pick for Mason Plumlee just to get rid of him. Well, this is just how it happens. And uh, Rob Mahoney, who uh, is a great writer from Sports Illustrated and also has a great podcast called Breakaway, uh, that's uh, a really great NBA podcast that uh, talks to NBA players about things that they go through, uh, really interesting stuff. But Rob, one of the best writers out there, and he made a great point that it's – Portland is somewhat benefiting from a a, re, a reverse LaMarcus scenario. And what I mean by that and what he means by that is when Aldridge went to San Antonio, he started doing all of the things that the Blazers and I think people that watched the Blazers for years when he was here wanted him to do. He started playing center more, shooting more threes, you know, being willing to protect the rim. All things that he when he was in a blazer uniform, he just wasn't willing to do. That's why they had to get Robin Lopez to be the starting center because he didn't want to play center. And the Spurs asked him to do that. And he was more than willing to more than willing to. And he just wasn't here. And now we reverse it and we get Nurkic here who refused to do any of the stuff that he is doing right now the passing, screening, shot blocking, rebounding, running the floor, all that stuff. He, he just didn't do that stuff in Denver. They tried to make it work. They even tried to start him for a while, even though Jokic was so good. And Jokic is amazing. It just didn't work. And now he's doing all of those things for the Blazers. And it's it's kind of a funny uh, you know, return, I guess, for for the Blazers that they, they get a guy basically in this reverse scenario. And, uh, yeah, this is, it's turning out to be a, a fantastic move for the Blazers and, and the fans after the game, Nurkic was interviewed by Brooke Olsen dam and the fans just, they stayed after and gave him a really long cheer and ovation. And he even said he had a great quote that I think he said, uh, I think everybody's got Nurk fever right now. So even he's buying into all the hype. So, uh, the, the love affair is on 
Nurkic fever is is incredible right now. He's he's completely changed the season. He's turned this season, like I said, from a, a you know a grayscape to something that's exciting. And I wonder if even the hardest hardcore of the folks that want to tank, uh, how mad they are right now. I'm sure they are. I'm uh, like I get it. Again, the math you can't argue with. But this is what you watch for and again this team is so paid they needed something to happen like this and uh they need to uh i think i think it's in their best interest to kind of keep this alive so and and obviously well not in their best interest but i think this team is going to do everything they can to keep this alive because that is uh their competitors and Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, they are super good, and Lillard didn't have a great game tonight, but now that they have a big man that can do so many of these different things, I would I would definitely say that, that the playoffs are definitely possible, and if you want to catch this home stretch while the Blazers are trying to make the playoffs, and, 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 and maybe if they even get into the playoffs and they, they get some first-round matchups, I think the best way for you to get into the action, get into the game, is through SeatGeek. Because buying tickets online for sports and concerts has always been confusing and it's always been hard to find the best deal for that gamer show you want to go to and none of those older ticket sites want to change that, but SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell their tickets. When I had friends visiting for Christmas, I used the SeatGeek app and looked through the tickets, found the best deals, looked at the deal score to see which ones they thought were the best deals. I shopped, I made my decision, and it saved me time, it saved me money, and I got to go to the game with my friends, and it was a really hassle-free experience, and it was really enjoyable. But the best thing about SeatGeek is that all of my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase, and to claim that $20 rebate, you can download the SeatGeek app, Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code and enter promo code LOBLAZERS and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOBLAZERS today. So speaking of the playoffs, the Blazers, the team that the Blazers are trailing in the standings, the Denver Nuggets have a game tomorrow at home against the Boston Celtics. The Celtics, of course, a very good team coming off a victory against the Warriors last night in Oakland. On paper, the the Nuggets should probably lose that game, even though Denver is a really tough place to play. But if the Nuggets lose, then the Blazers will be tied with them in the standings, and by virtue of Portland being up 2-1 right now in the season series, they would have the tiebreaker right now, and they would be the eighth seed if Denver were to lose tomorrow. So uh, that is, is something to keep on the radar. The Nuggets and Blazers do face each other one more time Tuesday, March 28th. So that will be Mason Plumlee's return. It will also be the only game that they, the last time that they face each other this season. Portland is up 2-1 in the season series, as I mentioned. And if Portland wins that, they will seal the season series. They will take control of the tiebreaker with Denver, uh, which would give them a major leg up in in the race for the eighth seed. Another thing to watch uh, is that Portland has three matchups in the last 19 games against the Minnesota Timberwolves now, uh, with including the makeup game. So 
Oh, which, by the way, was announced officially for April 3rd, as we suspected it would be. <laughs> so now Portland plays Minnesota twice in the second to last week of the season, in the first full week of April on the 3rd, and then back at home on the 6th. So they'll have some big games there. Minnesota really playing well right now. Uh, Ricky Rubio really doing a lot and playing much better. Uh, playing his best ball of the season probably now that Zach Levine's kind of out of the way. Not out of the way. He got hurt, and that's a bummer, and Zach Levine's really good. Uh, but but Ricky Rubio has stepped up is what I mean. So uh, Minnesota is, is still in the mix, and, and Dallas – uh, ha- has played well as of late as well. They've won three in a row, and they're only a game behind the Blazers right now in the standings. So uh, still very much uh, a tight race with a lot of teams involved for that eighth seed. Uh, I think it's down to four teams now. I think Sacramento and, and New Orleans are really drifting uh, away from that group of four teams that are really vying for that spot now. So uh, I think it's down to Denver, Portland, Dallas, and Minnesota. So I think those are the four teams that are really just going to be in the mix uh, for this final playoff spot. And obviously all of them are trying to go for it. Man, Yusuf Nurkic. This is, I mean, I don't know what to say. I, I named, I, I, I dropped those stats. I dropped the on-off numbers about him earlier in the podcast about how great he's been and how great the Blazers have played when he's been on the court. And the fact that he was the first guy since Charles Barkley in 1986 to have a line like this, it, it just feels so surreal, yet it, it, it's all happening right now. And it, it's, it's crazy. I mean, he's, it, it's just, it, it, it's incredible the impact that he's had in such a short time. And even when I was analyzing the trade on paper, and I looked at some things like synergy numbers and stuff like that, you know, he rated out pretty well as a pick and roll guy. And defensively, I wasn't sure where he was at, but uh, you know, he looked like he was a guy that could be a little bit more versatile, but I just had no idea that he could be this versatile. I did not know that his screens were so good and, and he gets so many, he gets the guards great looks just by getting in the way. And then you, you add that with, the fact that he's got great touch uh, from the mid range, he doesn't—he's not afraid to put the ball on the ground for a dribble or two, and he can do it pretty well. He's a great passer, a very creative passer, and 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 he can manipulate angles, and he's very patient, and he he has a great feel for the game. And yeah, I, I don't know who to compare him to I, you know I've, I've said he's the most versatile big that they've had since Lamarcus but he, you know the defensive stuff that he's doing is is stuff that you know Lamarcus never really did and uh the passing and all that stuff granted you know super small sample again but man if, if this continues the Blazers uh will definitely be a playoff team I, I don't I this is uh you know, it's a great time right now for, for, for the team, but if they can continue this, if Nurkic continues to bring this energy, continues to rebound the ball the way he has, and and the rest of the team kind of feeds off of that, this team is going to make the playoffs, and now they're only a half game out. This is basically a completely different team uh, from the one that we saw uh, less than a month ago. This turnaround has been, I can't remember a team, you know, 
I mean, the last time it really, and it's not even, and Blazers aren't even really close to this because they still had some losses in this time, but it reminds me kind of like uh, when the Milwaukee Bucks traded for John Salmons. I think it was like 2009 or something like that. And and all of a sudden the Bucks just, just went crazy and made the playoffs and, and they weren't good and, and, and they, they went off and, 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 and got in. And I think they had like a 16-game win streak, something like that. I, I think Nurkic is better than John Salmons. But it, it, it's kind of one of those trades where it just clicks and things happen and all of a sudden – Everything's going right, and and everything is going right for for uh, this Blazers team. This is that 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 Salmon Strait is really the last time I can really remember somebody at the deadline making this much of an impact on a team. And the way they they're playing right now, I don't really see any reason to believe that they're not going to continue uh, this momentum. Obviously, Philadelphia is who they are, but they're also not that different from the Blazers. And so Portland wasn't getting these wins earlier this season. They just weren't. If this was, uh, you know, the team back in January or December, they probably would have lost this game. They had so many games like this that they lost. And and it, it, it is encouraging. So uh, I think if, Nothing else. You should be encouraged by this stretch of play, and really continue to enjoy this Nurkic moment because this is this is great. I mean, I guess the Marcus Camby trade is another trade uh, in Blazers land uh, that that had an impact, but I can't remember. It. But that that wasn't you know that was that was marginal compared to this. This is this is incredible. This is these are historic numbers that Nurkic is putting up. So I don't want to really compare it to that, or, or even John Salmons. I mean, what Nurkic is doing individually is incredible, and I I guess just the team success and them feeding off of it so hard. I really can't recall uh, a team in the league having getting this much of a boost at the deadline as the Blazers have with Nurkic. And uh, that's just across the whole league, not even just in, in Blazers history. Uh, Cause I don't want to just get bogged down into that. So uh, th- this trade ha- has been fantastic. The impact that he's made is, is, is phenomenal. Uh, another thing I'd like to point out, I know I mentioned Alan Crabb was aggressive again, CJ McCollum I, and Terry Stotts, I guess sat sat down with him, tried to figure out ways to get him to be more aggressive, to be the Alan Crabb that he was last year that earned the $75 million deal. He has been that guy. He's been aggressive. He's he's looked for his shot. Tonight, He one of his shots that he missed was one of my favorite ones that he took. He just got, was confident, had the ball in a fast break, had a big backpedaling and just pulled up for three it went long but those are the shots that I want Alan Crabb to take because he's a really good three-point shooter and he should have the confidence and the aggression to go after that and the the Blazers you know especially without Evan Turner right now uh he, he can't be hesitant and and even when Turner gets back you know you don't want him to be hesitant because I think for some of the season the Turner's presence has kind of slowed him down and I guess another variable into this will be how does the team play when Evan Turner gets back I think we're about a week away now from him being able to return to the court and who knows maybe maybe it continues to work well Turner was playing really well before he got hurt so maybe it's just a continuation and things things continue to flow and this Blazers team continues to to roll in, into the playoffs granted they're going to be playing Golden State and and they're not going to get out of the first round but uh 
for a team that has grasped and looked for feel-good stories all season long, they finally have one. And uh, I think when you're building something like this, when you're when you're building a team, when you're a team as young as the Blazers, you, you need to have positive moments to build on. They didn't really build on the positive moments that they ended last year with, and, and that caused them to get in – to, to trade Mason Plumley and to get the Nurkic deal, which ended up being, I think, a blessing in disguise. But uh, I, I think ultimately with how much money is, is invested into this team, how young everybody is, I think getting positive experiences, I don't buy that uh, getting into the playoffs, again, facing Golden State, even if they lose, it, it is a, uh, a wasted year. I think just because they made the playoffs last year and just because they made the second round doesn't mean they don't need more playoff experience. I don't think you can ever have enough. So even if they get there and they get the 15th pick or whatever, I don't think it's a bad season. So uh, they're in the mix now. They have a great chance to make the playoffs. Uh, 538 today, the ESPN statistical website that Nate Silver runs. Uh, they, they have the Blazers with a higher probability than Denver getting into the playoffs. Portland has a very home-heavy schedule after that road trip next week, so they have a really great chance here to, to get into the playoffs, and the way they're playing, I think it's exciting, and it'll they'll be at least fun to watch, and they haven't even been that this year, but whatever happens, even if this, this play isn't sustained or, or, or what what have you, this has been a, a pretty refreshing part of the season and uh, something really fun to watch as Nurkic revives this Blazers team, is making marks in the record books less than 10 games in, and is giving the Blazers a presence on both ends that they haven't had in, uh, man, I can't even remember. Uh, I really can't. I mean, he's looking like he's looking like Sabonis, Marcus Sol, something like you know, whatever. Throw. I mean, he, Sabonis, Marcus Sol, uh, all these guys. I mean, he's, he's just been incredible. I mean, he he's definitely got some Marcus Sol vibes uh, on the court out there, especially the way he operates from the high post and the way he passes. Uh, maybe young Andrew Bogut. I mean, he, he's he's doing a lot of great things right now. So uh, Nurkic fever is is still going, uh, and I don't know when it's going to stop. Uh, the Blazers are off tomorrow, which is Friday. We will also be off, and then we will be back with you after Saturday's game when the Blazers face the Washington Wizards. Should be a great matchup. Two great backcourts. Nurkic versus Marcin Gortat should be a great matchup in the middle. So uh, Portland definitely needs to try and make it up on the wings, which will be tough because uh, the Wizards have some good players out there. They got Markeith Morris. They got Otto Porter. So going to be a really tough game. Really, really, really good Washington team this season. Scott Brooks definitely deserves uh, Coach of the Year consideration for them. They've really turned it around after a really rough start. So uh, a really good Washington team coming in will be a tough matchup for the Blazers. So uh, Blazers on a four-game win streak, but that could be in jeopardy with a really strong Washington team coming in. Please subscribe to Locked on Blazers on iTunes, Stitcher, Audioboom, Google Play, TuneIn FM, wherever you can get a podcast. If you listen to us on FanRag Sports, we would really appreciate that. Subscribe. If you like what you listen to, if you like 
any of the podcasts that we've done, like the Mailbag with Dane, or we had Myers Leonard on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. We had Kelly O'Coin from the show Billions, which if you if you if you like the show Billions, he's a big Blazer fan. He plays Dollar Bill. It's great. Go listen to those. Leave us a five star review if you liked any of that. We'd really appreciate it. And tell a friend. You know, we like word of mouth as well. So everything uh, that you can do, we'd really appreciate it to help the podcast. Lockdown Blazers is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and we'll be back with you after Saturday's game. So until then. <laughs>